Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio, where we'll talk about news, education, and opportunities for small businesses on the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street and in Washington, D.C. I'm Michelle Yancey. And I'm Kyle Todd. Welcome to Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rhode Island Avenue Radio. Uh, it's been a minute since we chatted. I'm excited to have our, our guests with us today. Um, first, I want to thank the uh, our sponsors, the Department of Small and Local Business Development and the Department of Housing and Community Development. It's their grant dollars to us that not only allows us to produce this show, uh, but to provide services to small businesses up and down the Rhode Island Avenue Main Street Corridor and now the new Bladensburg Road Main Street Corridor. Yeah, we, uh, we are we're now uh, working on Upper Bladensburg Road, Main Street, uh, between Eastern Avenue and Mount Olivet Road. Uh, so there'll be lots more details about that uh, coming soon. Stay tuned. Um, uh, some other quick announcements. The uh, Porch Host and Performer Registration for Porch Fest 2020 is open on our website, RIA Main Street. Org. Uh, Porch Fest 2020 is scheduled for April 11th from uh, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. We are very excited uh, of, to have another great year of, of live music up and down Rhode Island Avenue uh, Northeast. So mark it on your calendars. Plan to be there. And um, we'll, we'll keep you updated as far as performers and uh, our many wonderful sponsors. Um, that already include Cultural Tourism DC and the DC Commission on Arts and Humanities. Uh, so big thanks to those sponsors for Porch Fest 2020. Uh, another big thing that's happening here in 2020 is that it is time for the uh, the 10-year census. 2020 is the year, and uh, so we are joined today um, by Melissa Bird, who is the executive director of DC Census 2020, and Andrew Trueblood, the director of the Office of Planning. Welcome to you both. Thank you Thanks for having me. So uh, let's let's start with the very basics. What what is the census and why is it important? I guess that's not too basic, but what is the census? <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, maybe I'll take a start, and and um, and Melissa, please feel free to, to jump in. Um, you know, the census is something that is actually uh, required in the Constitution. Um, it is first and foremost the way um, that we make sure every um, resident, every person living in the United States, is counted. Um, it is used, ironically, it's used for congressional apportionment, which in the District of Columbia um, matters less since we don't have full congressional representation yet. Um, but maybe uh, between the census and the next one, we will become a state. So there's that. But, but I think for our purposes, um, it's, it's, it's not only, I mean, it is about counting every resident, but that is incredibly important for a few, a few reasons um, beyond uh, the federal apportionment. But it's also used um, to determine over $6 billion of federal funds that we get each year. Um, it's used by my agency, the Office of Planning, as well as all sorts of agencies, both local um, and federal, to determine, um, to, 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 to understand what's happening in our city, to, to target our programs. Um, to measure how we're doing in terms of things like equity or inequity, as it might be. Um, and, and the other thing that it's used for that's very important for our purposes in the District of Columbia is it is how we, um, um, how we draw the boundaries for, or we use the data, um, and the, the council uses the data to draw the boundaries for their wards and for our advisory neighborhood commission. 
Wow. So uh, we should expect to see a possible redistricting of the of the ANCs and, and wards then? We will. I, I, it, it is. It is. It will change. Um, there's been a lot of population changes um, in the last, but since 2010, since the last, as they call, decennial census, um, and so there will um, definitely be um, changes to those boundaries. And, and you know, it's already. It's always um, quite intriguing to see. You know how how the council decides um, they they draw those boundaries, and that will happen. Um, what what the way it works is that um, the census. Um, will be will be will happen. Um, April first is Census Day, which we're very excited about, and everyone will be count. Everyone will, will be able to fill out their forms online or, or call up, um, and we can get more into that in a second. But but um, the the numbers are delivered. Uh, the, the population estimates are delivered um, at the end of the calendar year broadly, and then we get more specific data at the, in 2021, and that's when council will use that 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 data to draw boundaries um, next year sometime. So this is this is uh, not a uh, fast process, <laughs> right? Um, if uh, if April 1, 2020 is Census Day and you're getting data in 2021, so you're going to be busy with with census information for for a while. Yeah, you know, census data is um, is 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 it's the decennial census, the ten year census, is really the baseline of a whole number of um, data sources, um, and we find they will be releasing data from the decennial census, um, kind of ongoing, and then use it to support other data, um, other data releases that they have, like the uh, American Community Survey and other other um, other census products that really happen kind of throughout the ten year period. Um, so, so it is ongoing. You know, the, the great thing about census is it's, it's very rigorous data. It is, you know, they, they go through all sorts of testing. Um, and so it is in, in some ways some of the strongest and most useful data that we have um, to target our programs, to measure our progress, uh, and, and to know what the state of, of the District of Columbia is. So, Melissa, when I first met you, it was uh, it was at a meeting talking about the importance of census data to the business community, uh, which obviously was very interesting to me and, and every other Main Street director that, and bid director that was in the room. Uh, what, what is the, in your words, what, what are the important aspects of the census for uh, the, the economic development, as it were, of, of D.C.? Um, great, thank you. So we know that businesses, both locally owned, small businesses, including large national um, corporations, they use census data for hiring decisions, uh, decision-making when it comes to determining new locations or expansion, hiring strategies. I would say businesses really rely on this data, and I think it has a huge impact in D.C. as we think about where we are growing as a city and the growth in our commercial districts, and certainly to Rhode Island Avenue Main Street, um, that this data is really important at you know that block level as well for local businesses. Yeah, I mean when when uh, when developers when businesses are are looking to to open uh, a, a new location, the first thing they want to know is who's their customer, and exactly, and, and this is the information that they're this is where they get that information. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, what are the, what are the steps? You said, uh, Director Trueblood, you said April first is Census Day, uh, and then you mentioned online uh, census. What what is the overall timeline, and 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 
you know, for those, uh, so this, because this happens every 10 years, you know, it's, it's almost like a, um, a new half generation every time you do a, a census to, to educate about what a census is and why it's important. Um, so what, what is the timeline? And, and in, in years past, it's all been census takers going door to door, but you mentioned online. Um, so can, can you both talk about that a little bit? Sure. I'll, I'll take a stab and, and um, I think Melissa will fill in any details because she knows this um, better than probably anybody. Um, but uh, you, you ask about the timeline. It's interesting. Um, as Melissa can attest, we've been um, thinking about this for over a year now. Um, uh, the mayor kicked off her census work over a year ago um, and, and put in money in the budget um, about a year ago now uh, to, to, to make sure that we are funding adequate census outreach. So we've been thinking about this. We've been gearing up for a while um, and working with, including last year, working, giving out almost a million dollars in grants to community-based organizations. Um, to be, so that they can gear up their efforts. And I think what you, what hopefully residents will be seeing across the district and really across the country is more awareness, um, reaching them to, to tell them the importance of the census, that the census is confidential, um, that it's, it's really critical that everybody is counted. Um, and so that, that is work that has started and will be really ramping up um, through the media and others um, over the next few months. Now, as a resident, what you can expect, or as, as um, a business, wherever you live, um, uh, wherever you, you will live, you, you will get a, an invitation um, to the census in mid-March, um, which will have a special code on it. And that code will allow you to either go online or call up um, and, and fill out the census. Uh, it's worth mentioning, this form is not a particularly long form. It, 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 it takes probably between five or 15 minutes, depending on how, how large your household is, uh, to complete. So it's very simple, it's very straightforward. The census put it online this year because um, they know that that's a way that, that they can probably reach more people, that it's easier and more convenient, um, and have been focused on things like um, privacy and data security to make sure that um, they, they can you know, both make it convenient, but also make sure it's, it's, it's safe and secure. Um, so the, what happens is you will get that invitation. April 1st is National Census Day when we will, everyone will be doing a big push uh, to make sure that residents know and fill out their forms. And then um, starting in May, um, those who don't fill out their forms or who haven't filled out an, on, an online or um, called up um, or filled out a paper form, they, they then will get um, folks knocking at their doors um, to, to complete the census. Um, and that goes through July. So the goal is to have everybody fill out their forms before those enumerators go knocking on doors. We find that the, the higher response rate we can get in that first push, push the better response rate we will get overall. Um, and so we'll be doing everything we can um, to make sure that, that, um, that residents and businesses and employers all know about this so that they can encourage um, everybody to complete their census. So you mentioned uh, getting an invitation with a code um, that is uh, that's on a postcard that's sent to an address. It's on a, a letter that will be sent out in the first mailing, and then you'll get a series of reminder postcards if you don't respond. Gotcha. So uh, there, the the mailings are going to actual physical addresses um, with with no real name attached to it. Thus, thus the um, anonymity. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. It, it, it is worth just noting on that point. Yeah, the, 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 the way that the census looks at it is it's by address. Um, so, so it's by household. 
Um, so one person will fill it out for every household. I think it's worth noting um, one of the strange things about the census that we see, we see there are a number of hard-to-count groups. Um, those include uh, people of color. That includes immigrants. Um, uh, but it also includes uh, children under the age of five. Um, and so it's worth noting and sharing uh, here with you, with your audience, and your audience share with others, um, that to make sure that when, when, when people complete their form, that they count all, that they put all their children on the form too, um, because we do, we have seen that is an undercount in, in the past. And, and the, the importance of counting children is for schools, I'm guessing. Oh, I mean, well, all sorts of programs, um, uh, you know, there's all sorts of programs um, that the federal government, SNAP, and others um, uh, that, that, are children, that, that, are, that are important to count children. But also, yeah, we use it. The, actually, the Office of Planning, we have a state data center that uses much of this data to help look at our forecasts and determine where schools uh, will be needed. So that's an important one. Melissa, are there other, other I'm sure there are other things, other reasons why it's important to count children. Yes, I would like to add how important it is to make sure that we're counting all of our young children when it comes to um, health care and wellness for young children. We are working very closely with Children's Na National Health Network, uh, many community clinics such as Mary Center and all of the birthing hospitals. Uh, they really need that data as they track public health outcomes as it relates to children. Also, when it comes to making decisions about where to provide or expand community health care providers and clinics. Um, staffing decisions at hospitals. So there are, are a lot of ways that that data is used, not just for schools, but also in how we plan and think about uh, health care and wellness for children. That's, that's uh, critical information, no doubt. Um, and, and the same for, uh, you mentioned the other hard-to-count groups, um, to, to just to make sure that resources are, are available to, to everyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about what what are you being asked when you when you complete the census? What do the questions look like? So the questions are very straightforward. Every household will receive the exact same uh, form. The decennial census form is the same. How many people are living in your home at the time of the census? And you need to count everyone related and unrelated living at that address. The age, race, and sex of each person, is the home owned or rented, is the person of Hispanic, Latino, or Spanish origin, and then the relationship of each person in the household to the one central person who is completing the census form. Okay. And everyone will get those same questions. Every, and there's no, uh, I, I remember at the t at a, for a while, uh, there was there was some discussion about putting um, uh citizenship status on the on the census that did not happen is that correct that's correct it is not on there that that's one of, I, I think one of the biggest um misunderstandings uh, myths out there uh, that i'm very happy to be a part of of dispelling um and and going back to the going back to the um importance of the count um, and we touched on a little bit as far as um, health needs and and um, and resource opportunities. What are, what are some other examples of of ways that um, disadvantaged communities could be impacted by undercount? I'll take a I'll take a first shot, um, and then I'm sure you know, there's so many ways <laughs> that we could probably do a whole podcast about that. Um, but, but, you know, the, the biggest one is federal resources. 
um, insofar as much, much of the federal resources we get are targeted towards low-income and vulnerable communities, if we don't have an accurate count, that means we don't get the federal resources that we need. That can be, like I mentioned, uh, SNAP, like nutrition programs. That can be healthcare programs like Medicaid. Um, that can be housing programs. Um, with the, the, there are programs like uh, the Community Development Block Grant that's based on population. Um, and so all of these, uh, highway funds, another one. So all of these are really critical to count everybody, but especially uh, our, our most vulnerable residents. Another, so, so in addition to the federal funds, you know, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's critical um, that we, we accurately count all of our residents so that we know how to deploy our resources. If we, aren't, if we don't know where our most vulnerable residents are, where our lowest income residents are, we don't necessarily create the programs or the offices or the, um, you know, the, the supports that are needed in those communities. Um, and so from a local perspective, it is really critical that we have that accurate count. Uh, so I'm looking at your website now, which uh, for listeners is dccensus2020.dc.gov. Uh, there's a, a full list of, of FAQs, um, information on how to complete the census, um, uh, what to expect uh, in the way of census questions, um, the timeline, uh, really, really good information uh, that's out here. Um, so it is legally, it's a, it's a legal requirement for people to participate in the census, correct? Yes. And so after uh, after May or in May 2020, if you have not taken the census um, via the uh, the electronic route um, or the paper questionnaire, if you haven't sent that back in, then that's that's when people go knock on the door to ask the questions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what uh, what do you guys? anticipating in the in the realm of needing um census takers to go out to go out door to door starting in may what do you what do you think that's going to look like this year so we are working really closely with the recruitment team from the u.s census they do all of the hiring for the enumerators um only enumerators can take your personal information door to door so i want to make sure that your listeners are aware of that. Um, they would have to show you um, a, a government ID from the U.S. Census if they are going to take your information door to door. They are in a big hiring push. We have a link to their hiring page on our project website, and we encourage everyone who's interested in an enumeration job to please apply. They have estimated they will hire about 3,000 um, people just in the district for follow-up, and we want to make sure that D.C. residents get those D.C. jobs. And once again, looking at the website, dccensus2020.dc.gov, uh, you've got some ways for people to, um, to volunteer and, and get involved in, in making this happen uh, in a way that is not as a, as a paid employee, like uh, volunteering and hosting a census event. Um, let's talk about that, because who doesn't want to host an event? Um, so, right, we have a lot of different ways that people can get involved. Everyone listening has some type of network where they can share information. It could be something that only takes five or ten minutes, such as sharing census information on your own social media, your community listservs, um, e-newsletters in your neighborhood or at schools. If you have more time, we encourage you to look at our toolkits that we provide. 
You could do a bigger event with your school or your place of worship. Um, we encourage businesses to share information not only with their employees, but could they possibly provide time during the day for employees to complete the census online? Um, bigger events would be having like a rally or something, um, you know, a civic association. I think that there's big and small ways that everyone can help promote the census. Um, if you work in a place that has computers that could be made available to the public, you could host a census day where folks could complete their census online. Um, but again, every household will have all three ways to complete their census as an option. They can either go online, they can call, or do the paper form. So everyone does have those options. But we want to encourage everyone to contribute in some way to spreading awareness about the census. Fantastic. Uh, well, I certainly in, invite you all to um, to work with us to set up uh, some events on Rhode Island Avenue and Bladensburg Main Street so that we can uh, we can help reach those populations. Uh, great changes in, in our neighborhood populations over the last couple of years. Um, so uh, I know lots of babies are being born, and we want to make sure that they get counted. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about that uh, later on. But I definitely would love to to get our Main Street program involved in in hosting some some information events, if if nothing else. Um, I again on your website, I'm seeing a list of events um, starting uh, in February uh, for uh, ambassador training. Mm-hmm. Is that is that um, volunteer information? What is what is the ambassador so, training? So the ambassador training is a program that we have in D.C. where we are, you know, really targeting folks to be or act as trusted messengers in their own community mm. um, to deliver the message about the census is safe and it's important and it impacts us. And to date, we've trained about 800 census ambassadors. And this is a mix of just interested residents, or it's through uh, some of our grantee organizations or other partnerships. Um, So I believe the ones on the calendar that you're looking at are being sponsored by the Greater Washington Urban League. Mm -hmm. And they are both a partner with us on the Mayor's Complete Count Committee and also a grantee. And those are open to the public, and you can register for those on Eventbrite. And those are folks that we would hope take a really active um, um, level of interest and participation in sharing information. Uh, they also have volunteer trainings, which, which is um, just a lot of that, just getting more information um, and, and figuring out what role you can play. So we encourage folks to please look at those, uh, look at the Eventbrite, and, and sign up for those. And we, should, we will be having some more. We have uh, partners who are also planning some other events in the faith-based community, we're still finalizing those dates, so please continually check back on the calendar or follow us on social media at DC Census to stay up to date on these events. It looks like there's a place to sign up to get a newsletter in your uh, email inbox as well. Uh, so be sure and check that out on dccensus2020.dc.gov, a place to sign up to get emails about this. Um, the uh, the information is is really great on this website, and I got to tell you, I you know I obviously participated in the 2010 census here in D.C., uh, but I don't remember there being um, such a, a a wealth of information in advance of the census. So I certainly applaud you both for for being so proactive and and information forward on this. I I think uh, in in a time when there's a lot of misinformation floating around there. 
out there that um, getting the right information, the truthful information out early and often is is so critical. So I really, really applaud you for, for setting up a, a really good information site. Thank you. Uh, any other uh, any other big things about the census that listeners need to hear about? I guess I, you know, I would just add, add that it it is safe. It's confidential. Um, as you just said, there is a lot of misinformation going around about the census and or what the the point of it is. The census information is not for law enforcement purposes. And this is a fear that I hear from the different community groups that I speak with every single week. Your data is not going to be shared with any law enforcement agency at the local level, the state level, or the federal level. Um, It is not allowed by law to be shared in that way. It will not be shared with your landlord or the courts or any agency that would be determining your eligibility for benefits. Um, the most important thing is that we just get the full count of everyone in the city. Yeah, and you know, uh, if I can piggyback on that to to drive the point home, I hope um, when when we talked earlier about how um, developers, business owners, anybody that's that's looking to invest in the District of Columbia uses census data. It's really an aggregate of the data. It's not individual's information correct that's correct (laughs) all right i realized i was making a statement but maybe i should fact check that (laughs) yes so it's it's just aggregate data um completely confidential as as you said melissa um Mm -hmm. and and director trueblood you you were starting to say something as well Yes, I guess I would just leave, uh, I'd love to leave it with um, the idea that in addition, you know, if you can't be an ambassador, if you are someone who knows about the census, who's even just listened to us today, you know a great deal of data and you can be an evangelist for the census with your, you know, with your colleagues, with your friends, uh, with your, you know, in your religious institution, all everywhere you go, make sure people know about the census, that they're filling out their form, that they're completing it, um, because it is really critical that everybody counts. It is critical, and it is critical for the um, the continued growth of the District of Columbia. And um, I thank you both for um, not only doing such a fine job at the job you're doing, but um, for, for joining us for today and, uh, and helping to clear up some questions about the census and get out get out more good good information about it. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Well, folks, that's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you for tuning in, and, uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.